I'm Joshua Davis, a.k.a. JD. I'm Morgan Woodward. And this is the inaugural episode of No Notes, a podcast about movies by two people who really love movies. Uh, Morgan, where did your relationship with movies first start? I got really into movies, I think the same year you did, in like 2016. Um, And that was a few years before I decided to go to college. And then I decided to go to film school. And I am currently working in the visual effects industry, and I just really enjoy movies. Yeah. I have also, I've loved movies as far back as I can remember. I've always been incredibly interested in visual storytelling, too, as a medium. Uh, I love books. I love to read. We were just talking about books that we're currently reading before we started recording this. Um, And like, but there's always been something about movies that just grips me so much. Engaging in visual medium is so exciting. And yeah, I, I've got, I probably started getting into movies around 2016. 2019 was actually the first year that I like really got into movies. I'm like two years younger than you. I'm still in college. Oh, yeah. I have taken some film classes. I don't know if I'll go into the film industry. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's for me, but I still love movies and I love to talk and to think and to write about them specifically. Yeah. And so it's kind of what I think we're going to do here is just talk about movies. Um, the name No Notes is just a funny name that I thought of that Morgan was really on board with. Um, Just pretentious enough. (laughs) Exactly. There will probably be notes on movies here. Um, But just an excuse for two friends, people who love movies to talk about movies Mm -hmm. and hopefully entertain our friends and other people who want to hear about movies. Maybe you'll get some good recommendations. Maybe you'll get some good, interesting thoughts about the state of the film industry of which Morgan is a part. So she'll have like, actually like a lot of probably interesting a small things. part, but a part, <laughs> an important part. Nonetheless, you're working on big things, big secret projects, oh, big secret projects. <laughs> yes. Can you say, can you say what they are after they come out? Yeah. Okay. So we can hear what movies As they come out, on. we'll review them. As they come out. We, yeah. And then we can figure out your contributions and how good the visual effects were. Absolutely. Um, Um, but to start out, just to get us get the ball rolling, we're going to talk about our five favorite movies each, just to get to know each other's taste a little bit more, to help the listeners get to know our taste a little bit more, uh, see where our heads are at. So do you want to go first with your number five? Yes. My number five movie. I'm cheating a little bit um, with my number one movie, but you'll see. My number five movie is The Truman Show. Um, I watched it. For the first time, I think my senior year of high school, which was five years ago. Um, And then I think three years later, I got the ending scene tattooed on my leg because it's beautiful and I love it. Um, It is just like a feel good movie. Every single time I watch it, I have a good day. You just watch it and your heart is just happy. Um, Just it's like the perfect amount of. You, the characters are funny, but you really care about them. And you're like fighting for Jim Carrey's character the entire movie. And you just want him to succeed. And then he does. And it just is such a good feeling. <laughs> I think the reason I like it so much is it's just like the story is like getting out of his comfort zone of like what was thrown in front of his face for a life. And 
like fighting for what he actually wants. Even if he doesn't know what it is, even if it's just this weird entity of like this other world, it just like is really important. And I love that theme. And it's just a feel good movie. <laughs> yeah, that's that's great. I have I the Truman Show is one of like when I first started like trying to explore movies, it was one of the first ones I've watched. So I haven't seen it probably since I was like, you know, 14 or 15. Oh, but yeah. I mean, I really liked it then. I don't even really like it. Jim Carrey that much. <laughs> like Jim Carrey is not one of my favorite actors um but i still liked the truman show in spite of jim carrey (laughs) um my number five is the florida project uh sean baker's like very small scale very like deeply human movie from 2018 Mm -hmm. or 17 Mm -hmm. it is not a feel-good movie (laughs) but i (laughs) love it so I, i feel good watching it it's 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 a portrait of impoverished people in central Florida who live in Orlando, just outside of where Disney world and universal studios are. And so it like painted, like contrast this like elegance and decadence of Disney world with these people who are living in, in like abject poverty almost like, and then like struggling to get by. And I think if, if I were to make movies, if I were to go into the film industry, this is the kind of story I would want to tell. I am incredibly attracted to like small scale, like character driven, character based stories. Mm. And I think that the Florida project is maybe the best example of this that I have yet seen. I am so deeply moved by this movie. Every time I watch it, it's a incredibly engrossing, sad, but ultimately hopeful portrait of people doing everything they can to get by in a world that kind of works against them. And I find it so beautiful. Um, it is. I think I watched that. You convinced me to watch that movie. It had always been like, oh, I know it's good. I know people like it. And then you like explained to me why you like it. I'm like, I should watch it. And then I did. Yeah. And I was really happy that I did. I know. I, I think especially because I uh, grew up, my parents are big. My parents are Disney adults. I like to tell people. <laughs> uh, my parents love Disney World. <laughs> And they love going and they've taken us like my whole childhood. Now we've been like annual pass holders for a while. And so <laughs> having like experienced Disney home growing up and then watching this, I think I was like even more connected and drawn to it because like I would, I would go to Disney World like once a year as a kid. Um, it was like our family's annual vacation and like seeing like what was going on theoretically just outside of Disney World. Mm. It spoke to me really strongly. But yeah. Anyways, your number four. My number four is Parasite. I watched this at the Savannah Film Festival um, with all my friends. We all went and watched it and then like got to talk about it afterwards. And I think that is like one of the main reasons I really like movies when I see them the first time is if I immediately get to just like talk it out with people, it just makes it so much better. I agree. Um, Parasite is just, I think I mostly like it because it's really unique and just like, not how they tell it, but just the concept of it. Yeah. And it's a really unique thriller because it is, it's, I think it's more of a thriller than a horror. I agree. Um, some people say horror, but. It's like a, it's almost like a social commentary. Yeah. Like, yeah it, it's exactly. like a very much about like, you know, modern class systems. Yeah. And it's like, in that way, it's almost like a satire. Yeah. And I think I like it so much because it is that, but you also just, I don't like any of the characters. Like that's not the point. The movie is not like pick a side for like one of the families and like, you know, like cheer for them. Like you hate everybody in the movie. They're all bad people. But they're so watchable. 
Yeah, but you like get really, it's like watching reality TV, <laughs> but like in the best way. It is a incredibly constructed movie. Like <laughs> oh, yeah. the house is beautiful and like oh. scary. I think that's like another reason is like, you can feel the theme of it in like every single aspect, like the editing, the pacing, the architecture, the outfit. Like there's just like, it, there's, you can tell there's just so much thought and put into every single piece of it. Yeah. And it all works out so well. And I could watch it like six times in a row and my heart would still like start beating at certain points of the movie. It just mm-hmm. never, never gets old. Yeah. Parasite was one that came out. It didn't, I didn't see it until it came out in most American theaters in like early 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, cause I had heard about it from like YouTubers that I watch, people who were into film on social media that I followed. And I was like, I have to see this movie, see what all the hype is about. So I convinced two of my friends who I don't think had ever seen a foreign language movie before to go see it with me. <laughs> yeah. And we were all like completely blown away. Um, and yeah, it was, it's one of the most deserving best picture winners. Oh yeah. I've and then seen. the like, just like, getting to follow that up with like watching the Oscars that year I know, and seeing I, it win. Yes, I, oh, it, oh, it's so fun. It, moments like that is like, for all the problems the Oscars have, we could probably do an episode about that. Oh yeah. Um, like that was one of the moments that made the Oscars like so worth it. That was yeah. such a triumphant win. Incredible movie. It's in my top 10. Hell yeah. Uh, it's number nine in my top 10. So we won't talk about it today. But uh, <laughs> my number four is Baby Driver. Uh, and if you know me in person, you know that I'm obsessed with this movie. <laughs> uh, my younger brother, Luke, and I have seen this movie, I think, 10 times uh, together. And wow. that's not counting the times that I've watched it <laughs> alone or with other friends. <laughs> um, because I like me and my friends, like Paul and Eli, who you know mm-hmm. are also like really into this movie. It is the one of the most original action films i think mm. not because of like the original story which is it's a pretty basic story yeah. but because of the way that it uses music and action in sync the way that it uses music to enhance the characters and the character moments and just the incredibly creative visuals and set design like everything from edgar wright it just it blows me away <laughs> how creative the action is, how engaging the action is time for time. It's like one of the most quotable scripts, I think. Like my brother and I say, like there's a character named JD in the movie and there's a line that's like, not groovy JD, not groovy at all. (laughs) And so we get a lot of use out of that. (laughs) But like, I'll find myself watching this movie and quoting every line in it. It's super fun to watch. There's a lot of like good one-liners and... I don't think there's a more fun movie that I've seen yet than Baby Driver. It is especially action movies. Especially action movies. I get very bored with action movies, but that one is very fun to watch. One of the most purely joyful movies I've ever seen. And because (laughs) of the connection I have with like my brother and my friends, not only how much I genuinely love it, but that also adds another element that it has to be in my top five. (laughs) Your number three. My number three is Fight Club. Um, I have a confession. Yes. I've still not seen Fight Club. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, JD's <laughs> going to watch Fight Club after this. <laughs> yeah, I probably better. Fight Club is very early on when I started like actually caring about the movies that I watched. Um, I had two friends in high school who showed me this movie. We like watched it through once. I was absolutely blown away. On my way home, I like went and bought a version of it. Went home, watched it again <laughs> that night. Went to school the next day, and then I came home and I watched it with like the director's commentary over wow. it, and then that ended. And then I watched it for a third time, like within 24 hours. I watched the movie four times. That's I insane. was <laughs> blown away. It's just like I think 
I watch it now and I'm not as like absolutely amazed because I've seen more movies like that. But this was one of the first ones that I had seen that was really good. And I like cared that it was good. Um, I just love the humor. I love how ironic it is. I love the twist ending, which I won't say anything about since I haven't seen it. I think I know the twist ending. Probably. I think I know. Um, <laughs> it's a very popular. It's a, it's also just like such a bro, like 90s. I just love the vibe it puts uh-huh. out. It's just like you just, it, and like everything is so in the like grunge 90s vibe. And mm-hmm. then I just love the characters. We love Brad Pitt. He's amazing in that movie. I agree. I also love Brad Pitt. Yeah, this podcast it's... is a big Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, and it's just fun to watch, and it's really fun. I think another thing that makes movies my favorite movies is it's fun to watch other people watch it. Mm, like, I yes. love showing someone a movie that either, like, has a big twist or, like, like Parasite, where it's just, like, really unique and you, that you just don't really see it coming. That's definitely one of those. Like, I could sit and watch people watch the big twist a million times, and I would never get bored of it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, I, I guess I have to watch Fight Club now. I can't believe I've never seen it. Uh, as much as I love David Fincher, too, you'd think oh, yeah. that I would have seen it by now. Uh, my number three, this is pretty basic of me, but I have to stand true to what I believe. It can't be more basic than Fight Which, Club. It can't, like, these, our number threes are both very like basic film people. But like, uh, It's not Pulp Fiction, um, thankfully. It is The Dark Knight. Uh I'm a huge I'm a Christopher Nolan head what can I say because <laughs> when I first started getting into movies he's like what I watched I was like oh he makes good movies you know Inception The Prestige yeah. Interstellar <laughs> right uh and The Dark Knight it, is one of his best it is like in terms of like my taste in movies mm-hmm. I think specific things that I'm really drawn to are ensemble stories like The Royal Tenenbaum is one of my all-time favorite also my top 10 um and crime movies like i love the departed chinatown uh like anything that has to do with like the t- the town another like, <laughs> movie um i don't know there's probably so many more great examples that i can't think of on the top of my head but like the dark knight takes these elements of like superhero action crime and like deeply interesting characters and combines them all together in one of the most excellent and efficient movies ever made there's a reason this movie gets the acclaim it does it is incredibly compelling it is incredibly tense Heath Ledger gives an all-time incredible performance the themes about what it means to be truly good like what it means to be a hero what it means to be a villain like your place in society Mm -hmm. altruism like it it puts forward so many incredibly compelling and interesting ideas combined with great performances combined with I think Christopher Nolan's best action direction. I don't think he's an incredibly fantastic action director for as many of his movies are action movies, mm-hmm. but I think the dark Knight is, is probably his best that or inception. Um, and I like, I never get bored of watching the dark Knight. <laughs> I, I feel like, like he's like, I could probably watch it like three or four times in 24 hours and yeah. be incredibly <laughs> interested every time. There's a reason this movie has the, the hype and the acclaim it does. I think it is so worth it. In addition to it being incredibly good, I am just incredibly drawn to it and love it very much. I have only seen it once, very recently, 
because I watched the Batman. Because I didn't like, <laughs> I just didn't like Batman as a character that much. Just wasn't super interested in it. Yeah. But then I watched the Batman, and you know, Robert Pattinson can make me interested in Batman. <laughs> um, and then I loved that one, so I was like, I should give it a try. So I watched the Dark Knight trilogy, and. I loved it way more than I wanted to. I went in like everyone loves this movie. It's just some basic action superhero movie. Not my favorite. I liked it way more than I wanted to. Mm -hmm. It's that good. It is that good. It it shouldn't be, but it is. (laughs) I wish it wasn't, but it is. (laughs) Oh, man. Number two. Number two. My number two is Your Name. It is. I also not seen this. Oh, it's really, really good. It's an animation. It's Japanese. It's beautiful. I think that's the best word for it. Is like above everything, it is just really pretty. You could look at any frame of the movie, and it should be a poster. Um, just the animation is really, really well done. Um, they have all these like almost all of the like cut scene like when you switch from. Uh, like place to place is like a time lapse of like Japan, but it's animated and it is just so realistic and so pretty and I love it. But other than pretty, it's just a really great love story. It's, there's a little bit of a twist that you like don't really see coming. It's told not like in a linear, linear timeline, which I really, really enjoy, but it's also like just sweet and fun Mm -hmm. and cute and they're just in love and it's all about how powerful love is and how important it is and the music is amazing um yeah i think it's another just like feel good you just sit down and you watch it and you're just like oh they're in love and it's pretty (laughs) and that's all that i need from this and it does it all perfectly (laughs) that is a great recommendation i think you you should definitely watch that one i can't believe i haven't seen two of your top five i assume you've seen all of mine so far List them again. Uh, Recap. Baby Driver, (laughs) Dark Knight, and Florida Project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. This one you may not have seen. This one I'm really surprised that I saw. But it was also like, yeah, that like, you know, probably saw it in like 2017 when I was first exploring movies. Same time I watched The Truman Show, I watched Network. You familiar with this movie at all? Not The Social Network. Not The Social Network. Network. It's just called Network. I am not familiar. It's from 1976, (laughs) the same year that Rocky came out. I think it lost Best Picture to Rocky which is as great as Rocky is. (laughs) So Network, this is like a Joshua movie. Mm. It is about the television industry. Mm. Sorry, I can edit that out too. (laughs) So it's about this guy who hosts a nightly news show. His name's Howard Beale. And one night, like Howard Beale is about to be replaced. He's about to be kicked off the air by the network who runs his show because his ratings aren't good. Mm-hmm. And this like drives Howard Beale, like this fact that he's about to get fired and lose his show drives him to like a near suicidal like rage. And so Howard Beale goes on his show and he publicly announces without anyone knowing that he's going to kill himself. Oh, <laughs> but this announcement that he's going to commit suicide the next night drives up the ratings so much <laughs> that the people at the network decide, Oh, his ratings are so much better now because he's because he's like deeply mentally troubled, but people are tuning in to watch. Mm. So they decide to keep his show going because, and they like exploit this, like, and he like, you know, Howard Beale is a very interesting and dynamic character because he's sort of driven to a point of madness of insanity 
by the network television producers who are so obsessed with making money off of him that they really neglect his sanity and his mental health. And this is like drives him further and further down these, and he gives like many long, like ranting speeches about the state of modern society and people watch and people tune in because they're interested in this man who like needs help. And the producers want to keep platforming him because he's making them money because people are tuning in to watch. And it's about this really gross symbiotic relationship that I think Americans specifically have with their media. And the fact that this movie was made in 1976, it's like, it is so prescient and it has a lot of other really interesting characters. Faye Dunaway plays like the new head of the network. Who's like this incredibly money hungry woman who is trying to like, who then like tries to like platform other like controversial or, you know, like mentally troubled voices Mm -hmm. because she thinks people are going to tune in like at the expense of these people who, who might need help. And it's, I think it's, one of the smartest screenplays I've ever watched. William Holden, a really iconic actor from the 50s and like 40s, 50s, 60s, plays a character named Max Shoemaker, who's like another producer who gets involved in this and has a, a torrid affair with Faye Dunaway's character. And throughout the whole thing, each of the main characters, I think is so well-drawn, are incredibly compelling in their own right as characters. And what the movie at large has to say about the relationship between America and the media in America is so smart, so spot on. It's almost like it plays like a warning of like what's to come later. And we have absolutely gone into (laughs) what this movie predicts will happen because at the time it was thought of as a satire. And so I think not only is it incredibly well done, incredibly prescient, incredibly compelling, it's also phenomenally acted, super well-directed, incredible script, and I have the I, I can only think of one other time that I've been like left that like completely just like shell shocked mm. by a movie, and I love it so much that I have a giant poster of it hanging up in my room. Nice. Uh, <laughs> and, so yes, if you have not seen Network, I've not believe me, I have not even given away like some of the crazy <laughs> twists that follow in the movie. Um, I implore everyone to watch it if you can. It's not any streaming service. You'd have to rent it, but it is worth the $3 on (laughs) Amazon Prime, I think. It is so smart. It is so compelling, and I love it very much. You've convinced me to watch it. (laughs) Okay, good. It sounds super interesting. It is. It is. Yeah. All right. Your number one, Morgan. My number one, I cheated because these are technically my top three, like one, two, three, is the Lord of the Rings series. Um... These just, I love the books. I read the books first. I read them in eighth grade, I think, for the first time. And then, um, like, was not even, like, I just didn't watch movies, so I just didn't really care that there were Lord of the Rings movies. And then probably two or three years later, after reading the books and loving them, I was like, oh, I'll give them a try. They're probably like on the TV. You know, they're like always playing at the hotel for some reason. Yes. <laughs> like every yes, time I, I go to a hotel, the like second Lord of the Rings movie is on. I think like, I watched a little bit of it. And then I was like, I should sit down and watch all of these. Sat down, watched all of them. Fell absolutely in love. They're just like, I say it's nostalgic, even though I like didn't really watch it when I was younger. It just feels nostalgic. It, the first time you watch it, it feels nostalgic. <laughs> Um, they're just heartwarming. 
Um, I feel like I don't really need to fight. Like everyone loves the Lord of the Rings. There's Some people there. don't, but that's just like that's their problem. Yeah, if They're you amazing. like any form of like fantasy, you love the Lord of the Rings. What's the best Lord of the Rings movie? Um, the Two Towers. Okay. I think it goes two, one, three for me. Really? I think it goes three, mm-hmm. two, one. I, I think, think one is... is just really nostalgic and it just is more of a feel good. And that's why I like it more than the yeah. third one. It's interesting. I feel like my brother and I watch these movies together like every year, more oh, or less. Yeah. Um, and hopefully we'll watch it again before he goes back off to school. Uh, and he, because I think he thinks it goes three, one, two. Mm. But I like, there is no better action scene maybe ever than the Battle of Helm's Deep. Oh, yeah. Of I mean, it's towers. even, like, isn't it, like, one of the, it has, like, the most Oscars of any movie? That's, it was, Return like, Return of the King has 11 Oscars. Yeah, It's yeah. tied with, I think, Titanic and yeah. Ben-Hur for mm. most ever, with 11. Yeah. But Lord of the Rings is also, it was nominated for 11 Oscars and won every single one of them. Nice. Like, I think the other movies that have won 11 Oscars, like, were nominated for some they didn't win. But I think it's, um... It's also just really visual effects heavy and like dependent. Yeah. And that's kind of what like transitioned me from like being in film school to like going into visual effects is it's just so cool. Like it, like if you tried to make those movies just completely practically, I'm sure it would still be awesome, but it's just the visual effects in them is done really well. It's not too much. And it just, I just really, Oh, I love it so much. They're incredible. They I agree. are incredible. I don't think I need to fight for it. I yeah. think most people would agree with me. Return of the King is definitely in my like in my top fifteen or so. Like it's, it's it's they're all really incredible. I yeah. what's so incredible to me too is that like they just went to New Zealand and filmed this over the course of like a little <laughs> over a year. Oh yeah. And like it is it's the fact that they did everything for the most part, like makeup, practical, they made mm-hmm. costumes. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it still looks as good as it does now, visual effects wise too, like Gollum yeah. still looks great. I think so, yeah. Like I'm like so so much of the CGI in like modern Marvel movies looks like crap. Yeah. And like and but everything is CGI in movies nowadays. And the fact that Lord of the Rings is so much practically mm-hmm. and that it still looks ama- as amazing as it does, still holds up as well as it does. Says so much about like but the possibility of filmmaking, like, yeah. it's just, ah, <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Oh. So amazing. Okay. Um, another movie that I think says a lot about the possibility of filmmaking is my number one, uh, which is Memento, the second Christopher Nolan movie. I have not seen that. this one. Oh. Everyone always tells me I love it, or I would love it, but I have yet to see it. Memento is one of the first movies I ever saw that does maybe my like all-time favorite subgenre of filmmaking, which you mentioned with your non-linear storytelling. Mm-hmm. I am a total sucker for non-linear storytelling, baby. <laughs> Tell me a story out of order, I am there. Every, 10 times out of 10. I don't know why. It just works on me so well. Like Greta Gerwig's Little Women did that, and I was like, this is amazing. This is a masterpiece. Um, like half of Nolan's movies do it. Like the prestige does it. I'm like, yes, I'm there for it every time. Um, and Memento does it perfectly. Like it tells like, like if you look at Memento chronologically, the climax of the movie happens in the middle of the events, but it is such a, it is so phenomenal of a climax (laughs) and it, it makes perfect sense. Memento to me is a almost is a near perfectly constructed story, nonlinear storytelling, which I absolutely love. And it is only about like really three characters. And the main character, Leonard, is this incredibly richly drawn, interesting and dynamic character. And it really puts you in the midst of his struggle 
of like only being able to remember essentially the last 10 minutes of his life at a time uh, due to a traumatic brain injury. And the mystery that unfolds as he tries to find who killed his wife, despite only being able to remember things like 10 minutes at a time, is such a cool setup, an eminently interesting setup, and it's told so well. Uh, I've is seen Memento several times. Yeah, yeah. Thriller? Or is it action? Psychological thriller. Okay, okay. There is not much action. It is all dialogue, character moments. There's a lot of very tense moments, mm -hmm. but it is definitely more of like a psychological thriller than anything yeah i don't want to say much more without spoiling it and we're also running out of time but <laughs> no movie there is no movie i love more than memento it's incredible i think it's nolan's best it's his first i think it is yeah it it should have won every oscar <laughs> i i love it i love it more than any other movie i've seen nice number one number one baby <laughs> number one so that was the first episode of No Notes. I think it was pretty successful. Oh, I had a good time. I had a, That's I had a all that time. really matters. If we exactly. Have if we have fun, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> if you're listening to this and you didn't have fun, we don't care because I had fun. Exactly. We did this for us. Um, but if you liked this and want to hear more, please let us know. You can rate us, review us positively, and hopefully come back for more. Um, I don't really know what future episodes will look like, but we will definitely be talking about movies. And now you know a little bit more about what we like, what we think about movies, and hopefully this will lead to subsequent conversations. Perfect. <laughs> All right, that's a wrap. <laughs>